Hello and welcome to What's the Story Ghost. I'm your host Annette. And I'm Stephen. And today we are on episode 59. Why are we recording in the dark? You hate recording in the dark. The last time we I turned the lights on, you were all like, ooh, turn out the lights. Yeah, that's because it was Halloween. So today we are going to Italy. Italia. Italia. We have to stop doing the funny accents. We're not funny. <laughs> we crack on? Yes. There are more than a few places in the world that just call out to ghost hunters and thrill seekers looking to catch a glimpse of something otherworldly or something that'll scare the holy bejeebies out of them. And though these places are covered with no trespassing and do not enter signs, it's like asking these people not to breathe. They have to see the haunted house, the old asylum or the abandoned underground metro. And really, if they wanted to keep people out of these places, you would think that they would have the sense to tear the place down or add a tad bit more security. But then there are places that you just cannot go. Like Snake Island. But really, I don't know anyone who would actually want to go there except maybe zoologists or biochemists. Which is probably for the best because the Brazilian government have no time for your shenanigans. Or Bohemian Grove in California. Never heard of it? Well, that's probably because you're not an absolutely filthy, dirty, stinking rich man. Since 1873, Bohemian Grove has hosted top-secret meetings for the richest and most powerful men in the world. The secrecy, symbolism and rituals of the group have been more than controversial, to say the least, since its inception. I dread to think what might happen if they caught you trying to catch a glimpse, because I doubt it would be a slap on the wrist. But today, I'm going to take you to Pavelia Island. There is a G in there, but I consulted my Italian friend and he said the G is silent. As interesting as this island is, with its seriously dark history and some of the spookiest stories, you will be arrested on sight if you're caught on the island. And sure, you can get a water taxi if you're lucky enough to find someone who'll bring you. But once you're on shore, they're gone, until you call them to come back, and even then there's no guarantee. Not because they're inclined to just abandon tourists, it's because the phone coverage is spotty at best. This is not the kind of island you want to be stranded on. The island is first mentioned in 421 during the downfall of the Roman Empire. During this period, many fled to Povelia for protection against barbaric invaders. Due to its small size, enemies didn't invade the island. After that, for centuries, a small group of people lived there in peace. Until 1379, officials forced the residents of Pavelia Island to move to a different island in the Venetian Lagoon. They built an octagonal fort and turned Pavelia into a military outpost, armed with naval artillery to strictly control the lagoon. Then later in 1777, it became a checkpoint for all that entered Venice by ship. So far, this little island has seen people come and go and been home to some and shelter to others. But less than 20 years later, it all kind of went downhill. In 1793, several cases of plague were reported on ships coming to Venice. Those who showed even the slightest symptom of the disease were sent to Pavelia to quarantine for fear of spreading it. Fun fact, the word quarantine came about because of Pavelia Island. Quaranta is 40 in Italian. 
Those who showed signs of the plague were forced to spend 40 days on the island before they could get into the country. Quaranta, quarantine, you see where I'm going with this. But sending the patients to the island was like giving them a death sentence. The island became a Lorazo, an open-air cemetery. In the tiny island's history, it housed 160,000 plague victims. Those who died from the disease were either buried or burnt there, but even those who showed slight symptoms would be burned along with them, as they were considered as good as dead. They burned the corpses to stop the spread of disease, but it's said that even now 50% of the island's soil is made up of human ash. Now there may be no scientific proof as to the island's actual soil consistency, but it lends credence to the sheer number of people who died there. Even though this was a very dark time for the island and for Venice itself, paranormal enthusiasts reckon that despite the 160,000 souls who call Pavalia their forever unresting place, those are not the souls that are tormented. No, of course not. Their disembodied voices would barely be heard over those patients cared for by the mental asylum built in 1922. Sadly, The asylum doesn't have a great reputation of having the intention to remedy the mind or rehabilitate the person. When one was sent to Povelia, one did not return home. It seems such a foreign concept today, well not totally foreign, but back then if you presented yourself to the world in any way other than the neurotypical way of life, you were deemed unstable and at risk of being sent to the island. But if you were sent there purely on the basis that you were a little eccentric by today's standards, I imagine it wasn't long before you felt your sanity slipping away slowly. Even if you are of a sceptical persuasion, you have to admit, if you were ever going to see ghosts anywhere, it would be Pavelia Island. I'm not alone in this belief. An article was written by Sophia Rita Gada showcasing the same opinion. She wrote, According to a local legend, the patients of Pavelia Asylum reported that they saw strange shadows probably belonging to the ghosts of plague victims, and that they could not sleep at night because of the wails of the suffering spirits. Obviously, doctors did not believe them. It's said that patients were also subjected to torture, sometimes even to death. An evil doctor performed cruel experiments on them, even performing lobotomies, believing that this cruel treatment could cure mental illness. Without anaesthetic or concern for sanitation, the doctors use hammers, chisels and drills in this hideously wicked and painful procedure. He supposedly saved his darkest experiments for special patients whom he took to the hospital's bell tower. Whatever he did there, the screams from those being tortured could be heard across the island. Consequently, the doctor was tormented by the ghosts who drove him insane, to the point where he supposedly attempted suicide by jumping from the clock tower. I say supposedly, as others believe he ran to the clock tower to try and escape something, something that was chasing him. And he didn't jump, he was thrown from the clock tower. Nevertheless, allegedly a nurse witnessed his fall, and according to her, he didn't die from the fall, but from a mysterious fog that choked him to death. There are still occasional quiet and calm nights when you can hear the bell tolling across the bay, despite it being removed many years ago. In 1969, the structure was permanently shut down, the island abandoned for the second time, and has remained uninhabited, well, 
except for the seemingly haunted ghost population. The remaining buildings, a hospital, church and a shelter for boats are crumbling away with time. A mere 200 euro will get you a water taxi if you really want to set foot on the island. Otherwise, it's a time-consuming, death-by-paper-cuts worth of paperwork to get there. Fishermen today still avoid Pavelia Island. They literally navigate around the area widely. When the skies are clear, you can allegedly see skulls and bones under the surface of the water. If a skull or bone is accidentally caught in the net, the entire catch is thrown back into the deep. The fishermen rather take the loss than take the risk. It is said that fishermen occasionally hear screams and moans coming from the island, as well as the bell tower, which of course makes no sense, because again, the bell itself was removed years ago. There have been sightings of a spirit, called Little Maria, on the island for over 400 years. It's most likely that she died from the plague. Her heartbreaking cries fill the air as she wanders the beach. Spirits from the time when the island was used as a psychiatric hospital can also be found there. During his time in the hospital, Pietro, a man with two amputated legs, travelled through the hospital in his wheelchair. The corridors seemed to be filled with the sound of the phantom wheelchair racing. In addition, a young female spirit is seen regularly. She has a terrifying expression on her face. People say she's scared of the mad doctor who still performs his sick experiments here. A pair of huge eyes have been seen just below the water's surface and people see faces behind the windows of the hospital. Along with a spirit named Frederico, she is said to be seen constantly grinning and laughing out loud. The government attempted to auction off the island in 2014. They were unsuccessful when the only bid they received was $704,000, which is of course a lot of money, but not for an island. But how would you even advertise a place like Pavelia? You can't really say 17 acres of private island, own boat dock and buildings in need of modernisation when it's actually 17 acres of land that can't be cultivated due to ash-infested soil, a boat dock and buildings likely to crumble if you stare at them too hard and ghostly neighbours that aren't likely to move on anytime soon. What do you think of that story? That was really cool. It's a little bit spooky trying to record in the dark. What the hell were we thinking? Um, there's two separate incidents of plague, I think, that hit Europe. One in the 13, 1400s and then again in the 1700s. But there's very little I can get like with the asylum details. They, they were very sketchy with what they kept and what they didn't keep, which obviously scares the holy bejesus out of me because if there's nothing there, then obviously they're trying to hide something. Um there's a couple of videos that I watched on YouTube of um, people going to the island. One or two were like, oh, you know, it's very expensive. It's very expensive. And then another crew that were obviously a little bit more well endowed with their money were like, yeah, it's about 200 quid. And I'm like, that's not too bad if you're going specifically on a ghost hunt. I don't think that our friends, for one who honeymooned in Venice, would have had it on like, you know, the list of top places to go on your honeymoon or on your travels. Um, but if you're going specifically to like scare the holy bejesus out of yourself, yeah. this place is... <sighs> okay, picture Waverly Hills meets Trans-Allegheny building styles, more dilapidated and still kind of falling to pieces. Oh, it, you don't, it doesn't even have to be that scary to be... Like, I remember staying in a, 
a bedroom, kind of like a little motel situation. Glorified party, go on. Yeah, it was, no, it was like it was like it was a. I think I best described it as a motel, a French version of a motel. Okay. Um, it was one of the times I went to fly hang glide. One of the first times I went over there. Yeah. I got the bus up and the campsite and stuff was closed, so I had to stay in the bus. And the bus driver was nice enough to actually tell me there was a place to stay. It was actually where he turned his bus around. Do you not have somewhere planned to stay? Uh, I was planning on camping. I, I could not It was that. just thrown together, yeah. But so I, I, I remember staying there and I wasn't sure if the lock on the door worked. And so every little startle annoyed or no. scared me. So I put an empty Coke bottle on top of the handle. So if the door handle was open, it would have dropped and made a noise. But every little creak and every little... It's the same mm. as when you're in ho- at home on your own or, you know, obviously when you're, I want to say, a child and not a fully grown adult who decided to go hang gliding um but it's the same when you're a kid any of the tiniest little noises that you can normally make sense of when it's daytime the egg cartons in the wind that time i went camping in my mom's back garden <laughs> I, I think we, about that. we spoke about that um <laughs> but we were saying about how this reminds you of transalgania and other places um there was two places that this in my mind i went to and one was i don't know if you know um i would have told you about this book papillon yes we actually discussed it on the podcast before. We did. Um, and one of the chapters was he went into a, a leper colony. Mm. Um, and in my mind, it, I did, there was no pictures in the book. So it was how I painted it in my head. And when you were describing it, it was very similar. Yeah. Um, but I was like, that's what I was Googling a second ago. I was like, I wonder if it's if it's not close. Uh, if Pavelia is in Italy. Yes. Um, and this uh, Papillon was sent to French Guiana which is north of Brazil probably nowhere near no (laughs) but you know what though Um, the plague wiped out I would say there's no official figures because it was too hard to take a census I mean you didn't even know if you could knock on somebody's door in case the house was afflicted Mm -hmm. Um, but I'd say Europe lost correct me if I'm wrong maybe anywhere from 30 to 50% of its population Sounds about right. But then again, there was, as I said, there was two different waves of plague. Mm. Um, and what they did learn about disease control, what they learned from the first plague that they didn't quite get until the second plague was once a body's dead, burn it. Same as what we discussed last week, mass graves and stuff like that. Only yeah. they weren't just burying people. They'd have dug a hole and piled people in there and burned it. Um, Do you know what other island that this reminded me of? And I'm on. looking at a picture there. It's quite small. But do you remember when we took the boat, uh, your dad took the family on the boat and we stopped at Lockheed? Yes. And do you remember when we docked up? Can you get onto that little island? You can, but you're not supposed to. There's signs everywhere saying private property, don't get on it. Oh, well, it is private it, property? Oh, it's 100% it? private oh, okay. property. Uh, it's, they have signs up because it's such a touristy area. But the closest you'll get, I suppose, is... That is the, you know, the Lockheed swim? Yeah. So... If you do the short swim, you swim in front of it. But if you do the long swim, you, you swim go around the whole island. Around the whole island, yeah. It had dawned on me that it might be private though, because there's a little castle under or something, isn't there? In Lucky, yeah. Is yeah. it ruins or is it like fully It looks functional? like a, a ruins castle. There's other there's other ruined castles in the vicinity of it because I vaguely remember staying in the scout campsite nearby, mm. and some of the older scouts, like the patrol leaders and adventurers were allowed to hike off one of the nights and we set up a bivy camp which is just basically make a shelter out of tarps and we lit a small fire and there was a I'm sure there was a 
there was a ruined castle um, that we were told not to climb, but we totally did. So there's other castles around Lockheed. Tell me that you haven't done that up by where your mum and dad live. I will tell you that because my mum <laughs> listens to this show. <laughs> I never got a chance to, um, but where I lived, there was, um, it was called a Wrath, like yeah. the area. Um, but I mean, there's, there's hundreds of castle ruins pretty much anywhere along the Shannon because obviously they're, they're not going to build castles anywhere that doesn't have a running water source so some of the times when we were on the boat with my dad we'd be passing by and the, you're just soaking in the history mm. um, but yeah these are the pictures of the island it's not small it's not huge but it's not small but this is what I was trying to explain to you about the um, how the building is kind of falling to pieces I don't know what it is right but broken down walls broken down ceilings broken down stairs they, they're they all whatever that's structural but there's something eerily spooky for me about peeling paint or chipped paint on a wall it just ages a building so so much yeah even the big guys though the ghost hunters or um, I don't know if history uk or whichever one it is the the big YouTubers have all gone and they've all said yeah it was great but I have no intentions of going back it's probably one of the spookiest places I've been to yeah. I watch pretty much the same the same YouTubers but there's so many times that they've been like oh my god the place was amazing I feel like I could have kept going and I could have seen more and I could have adventured more but this is one of the few places that they're just kind of like yep it was great won't be going back again and I'm like I really don't think that has anything to do with a 200 euro taxi there is that was... 200 euro each way I wonder I don't actually know that's the that's the building there with the trees growing through it. Yeah, there's vines everywhere, vines on vines on vines. I'd say back in its day, it probably was a pretty looking place because as as you're coming up to it, it actually looks like it's a building that is is still completely running and yeah, the the whole the structure on the outside doesn't look like it's dilapidated at all, but like this one here, the the vines have somehow managed I don't know if it happened before or after the roof fell down but the vines have gone across where the roof would have been I'd say the vines I'm looking at it now the vines grew across the existing roof and weren't catered for and they're so like the floor vines. of the attic or something like that yeah. the roof itself or it was a flat roof building or something or it was just the the trusses left but they're creeper vines and they'll degrade the integrity and then the roof obviously just fell in yeah I'd say leaving so. the vines and it's mad though because there's some buildings in here there's some rooms that I couldn't tell the difference especially after I found out about the asylum and the, the wicked awful doctor there's some parts of the building that I don't know if it's like I don't know if it's a big fire in the kitchen or if it's part of like where they used to perform all of their horrible experiments or something like this there's some there's some industrial looking machines still left what is that picture i have no idea this yeah my first assumption was awful things terrible ah oh, crazy and then i was like i wonder is it a hyperbolic chamber because that's used in some therapies and then i was like or it's a big oven where they used to cook bread yeah and what is it i have no idea Stephen. it clearly is out of order at the moment it it looks like it looks like some sort of weird cradle to put someone in and then it slides into the isolation chamber like a really retro MRI machine or something yeah it, now that you mention it though it could be for making bread <laughs> so I'm not wrong okay cool well you're not right yeah but it, it does it I'm looking at the one in the, the fore, foreground of the photo and the 
bars to the left looks like it's some something to sit it up it on. It does, it does, it does. To rest it on. I fell down no rabbit hole this week. Okay. And I also have no characters. No, though, well, I didn't expect you to have any characters. Sorry, I should I should rephrase that. Annette didn't create any characters for me. No, don't blame me on this, okay? If you take that out. I managed to scrape a story together while having two very, very sick babies with chest infections. Seriously, they sound like they've been smoking 40 Rotmans a day. That's where my Rotmans went. <laughs> um... But I will, I will, I will come up with an extra special episode next week or an extra special rabbit hole. Um, but for this week, it was a short and sweet episode. Um, I was nice enough not to do this episode the week after our best friends came home from their honeymoon. I didn't think that would be totes appropriate. So I think I left a, an appropriate amount of distance between. Yeah. Yes. Okay, cool. We finished up there? Say your words. Okay. So thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Our socials, as always, our Instagram is what's the story ghost. And if you have any personal stories you would like to share, our email is what's the story ghost at gmail.com. And those are all my words. Exit jingle. Exit jingle. We don't talk about Bruno. I don't want to sing anymore because I'm really bad. Bye. Bye. See, no one's going to know what the song is about. Because Mark's the one who